a little bit about Awana and get prepared for Awana as well as um, some of the children's ministry stuff here at Word of Life Chapel. We have a baptismal service on August 6th at 7 p.m. If you have not been baptized, interested in being baptized, you can talk to Pastor Bob. Um, all the students that are going to Laser Dome today will meet at the Parsonage following the service. We're going to change that. We're actually going to meet here in the church. So if you're going to Laser Dome, if you've signed up and let me know already, we're going to meet in the fellowship hall after the service. We have a whole bunch of subs over there sitting in the fridge waiting to be eaten. All comes back to food, doesn't it? The sausages and the subs. and um. Let's open our service with a word of prayer this morning. Gracious God, we are so thankful for your love for us. You're a great God. And you love us more than we'll ever know. And Lord, I ask this morning that you remove any distractions that we have. God, that you would step in and speak truth into our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Leonard's going to come and lead us in amazing grace. This is hymn number 288. Hymn book. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound has saved a wretch like me. I'll ask you to stand with me because we're going to have a greeting time right afterward and we can sing better if we stand. So stand with me to sing with us. <laughs> Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see.
good to see you all this morning. It's so good to see each of you, and we're praying that God will do a great and wonderful work in each of your hearts this morning. Uh, if you have your prayer list, I'd invite you to turn there. I have a couple of folks that we want to uh, give you updates on. Under loved ones and friends, Craig Kashner, uh, this is Tracy Bowman's brother. Um, as you see there, he had uh, surgery for melanoma cancer, um, two of the six nymph, no, lymph nodes uh, were cancerous. And um, we do need to continue to pray for uh, Craig uh, for per further procedures um, that will be un undertaken soon. And then uh, Pam Snyder's sister, uh, Daryl, um, she had successful triple bypass surgery just this past week. And um, that's something to uh, recover from. It's oftentimes a long procedure, so uh, please keep uh, Pam Snyder's sister in your prayers, as well as the rest on this list. Uh, continue to pray and ask God to touch uh, the lives of people. Father, we come before your throne of grace. We're such grateful people. 
because we're your children. And being your children, Lord, we uh, have that wonderful relationship that you have given to us uh, through Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you would help us now as we move through this service. Help us to see Jesus in all of his fullness and wonder. Father, we're thankful for the great salvation which has been provided for each of us. A salvation which is rich and full and free. We thank you for that. And for the great love that you've shown to mankind in the sending of your Son. Father, now we do pray that you would touch the lives on this sheet. Father, many who are suffering terrible things. Things, Lord, that they would have never chosen. Things, Lord, that are causing difficulties in life. We pray, first of all, Lord, that your grace might be sufficient. Father, you might move into their hearts and lives and you might bring the comfort and the peace that passes all understanding. We think, Lord, of these two that we mentioned this morning. We do pray for Craig that you would uh, give him wisdom to choose the right course that lies ahead of him. We think of Pam's sister now and thank you that the uh, thank you for the success of this open heart surgery and pray that the recovery might go much quicker than even expected. Father, we know that it's your son in the Gospels who has touched many lives and brought about healing. We pray, Lord, that you might touch these on our list. Father, we are thankful for our Word of Life Chapel. Thank you that you have allowed us once again to come together. Uh, Father, we are your people. We've come to worship you in spirit and in truth. We've come, Lord, to fellowship with one another and to pray with one another. Father, we've come to sing praises to your name. And so, uh, Lord, as we continue our time of music, lift us into your very presence. For we have come, Lord, to see you. Lord, I pray as Pastor Tony has prayed, remove the distractions, the baggage that we bring. Lord, we pray that you might hinder the evil one from disrupting and causing us not to see and not to hear the good things that you have for us. Again, we thank you so much for who you are, for the great and mighty things you do. And pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, I come and I confess, bowing here, I find my rest. Without you, I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart. Lord, I need you all. I need you every hour. I need you, my one defense, my righteousness. Oh God. 
I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of lives where my heart becomes clean and my shame is undone your presence Lord Holy Spirit you
Well, we have come now to the last sermon in a series in the book of Joshua. We come to the very last chapter, actually, in chapter 24, and we have the last words of what Joshua wants to say to the people. Joshua is old now. Uh, He's 110 years of age, and now he has his final, final farewell address. What would you say to those you love if you knew that your days were numbered? What important words would you want to share with those who you will, left, you will left, leave behind? Joshua was concerned about the Israelites. Joshua was concerned about the relationship that they had with their God. Would they continue to love? Would they continue to obey him? Will they remain faithful? And so these are the things that Joshua says to the people. Let's take a look. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Joshua chapter 24? Joshua's final farewell to the people. Starting at verse 1, then Joshua, he assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned the elders, the leaders, judges, and officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, they lived beyond the Euphrates River. They worshiped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him throughout Canaan and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. I assigned the hill country of Sir to Esau, but Jacob and his family went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there. And I brought you out. When I brought your people out of Egypt, you came to the sea. And the Egyptians pursued them with chariots and horsemen as far as the Red Sea. But they cried to the Lord for help. And he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. He brought the sea over them and covered them. You saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians. Then you lived in the wilderness for a long time. I brought you to the land of the Amorites, who lived east of the Jordan. They fought against you, but I gave them into your hands. I destroyed them from before you, and you took possession of their land. When Balak, son of Zippor, the king of Moab, prepared to fight against Israel, he sent for Balaam, son of Beor, to put a curse on you. But I would not listen to Balaam. So he blessed you, and again and again, and I delivered you out of his hand. Then you crossed the Jordan, you came to, the, came to Jericho. The citizens of Jericho, they fought against you, as did also the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And I gave them into your hands. I sent the hornet ahead of you, which drove them out before you. Also the two Amorite kings, you did not do it with your own sword and bow. 
So I gave you a land on which you did not toil, and cities you did not build, and you live in them, and you eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. One of the first things that Joshua says to the Israelites is remember how you got here. Remember how you got to where you are today. They're now in the promised land. They have won victory after victory. The land has been assigned to them. Remember how you got here. In short, what Joshua was saying is, you got here by the grace of God. You got here by the grace of God. Joshua reminds them of God's past deeds and how he fought for them, how he drove out the nations, how he brought them into the promised land. All these things they didn't achieve on their own. They're no longer in Egypt. They're no longer wandering in the desert. And we read time and time again through this passage, I did this for you. As I said, Joshua's up there in years now. He's seen a lot in his lifetime. He's experienced the plagues in Egypt, the parting of the Red Sea, 40 days of wandering in the wilderness, the crossing of the Jordan, the crumbling of the walls of Jericho, and death now is near. And he says to the Israelites, it's God who has called you. It's God who has cared for you. It's God who has protected you all of these years. It's all about God's grace. I don't know if you noticed as I was reading the emphasis on the first person, the number of eyes that we see in this text. I took, I led, I gave, I assigned, I sent, I brought, I destroyed, I delivered. The point is quite obvious. Israel got to where they are only by the grace of God. Only by His grace. There was no other way. So we come to the New Testament and Paul says what? By the grace of God, I am what I am. By the grace of God, I am what I am. Remember how you got to where you are today. It's all by the grace of God of God. God saved you by his grace. But you know the Bible also says that we're kept by that same grace. We read in Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 for by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. God saved you by his grace when you put your faith in him. It's all about the grace of God. But the Bible says we're also kept by faith. Because over in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, we read these words. Being confident of this, that he, God, who began this good work in you, is going to carry it to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. You're saved by the grace of God, but you're kept by that same grace. You're saved by God's grace, but the Bible says that this great work that God began in you, he is going to complete it. He's going to see that you get to the end. We believe in this church in eternal security, that once you're in the family of God, you're 
in there. That no man can pluck you out of your Father's hand. We are where we are today only by the grace of God. And God has done everything for Israel. God has done everything to bless Israel. He initiated every step to bring Israel to where they are today. And Joshua doesn't want them to forget that. Joshua doesn't want them to forget that where they are today, it's all by God's grace. And that Israel owes everything to their Lord. I was paging through uh, an old hymn book that we used over in the fellowship hall, the burgundy ones, uh, because it's not in our hymn book uh, that we have today. And it's a song we used to sing. It goes like this. I owe everything to Jesus, all I am or hope to be. Every need he will provide, and he keeps me satisfied. I owe everything to him. Israel did, and we do as well. Joshua did not want the Israelites to ever forget that. That where they are today, they're in the promised land. They're in the land flowing with milk and honey. They have come, come through battle after battle after battle. They have seen miracles. of. Don't forget, Israel. You're only here because of God's grace. He goes on to verse 14. Now, <laughs> having said this, having said that you're here by God's grace, now, here's your responsibility. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your ancestors that your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. And now serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. He begins by reminding the Israelites of God's grace. They are, where they are where they are because of God's grace. And now he says in these two verses, guard what you've received. Take care now of that relationship. That relationship that you now have with God in the promised land, guard that relationship. Trust him. Serve him. Worship him with your whole heart. Nothing is automatic. If you don't guard your heart, it can stray. If you don't hold fast to your faith, it can waver. Joshua knew the Israelites all too well. How quickly they would turn away to other gods. Joshua knew that. And so he's challenging them. Choose God. Guard what you have right now. Don't stray. Don't move away from the Lord Almighty. Go to these other gods. It was Elijah on Mount Carmel when he was there with the prophets of Baal and the Israelites 
And he made a challenge to the prophets of Baal. You know the story probably well, where the animals were placed on the altar, and then Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal to call down fire from heaven. Of course, as they did that, nothing happened. But the challenge that Elijah made to the Israelites was this. If the Lord is God, then follow him. But if Baal is God, then you follow him. And he says to the Israelites, how long will you waver? How long will you be wishy-washy and go back and forth between the two? Choose one or the other. But it's time to make a decision. Joshua comes to Israel after saying that where they are where they are by the grace of God. Guard your relationship. Choose God over these other gods. The gods of your ancestors. Remember when Abraham was called out of Ur of the Chaldeans. They worshipped gods in the land. There's also the gods of the Amorites in the land of the promise, in the land of Canaan. Choose God. But if for some reason that seems undesirable to you, then choose these other gods. The challenge here is choose one or the other. And Joshua says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And I would hope that you would make the choice that I have made. But in this challenge, we also see in verse 14 to throw away these other gods. The challenge of getting rid of some stuff before you choose to wholeheartedly follow God. If you choose to follow the Lord God, then there's some stuff that needs to be thrown out. In Ezekiel chapter 14, he speaks of idols of the heart. Idols of the heart. That if we're going to serve God wholeheartedly as Caleb, then we need to get rid of some stuff. Those things that take the place of God. The idols of the heart. What is an idol? What is a God? Anything that comes before God. Anything you put in place of God. Something that stands in your way of serving God wholeheartedly. Joshua says, put these gods aside. Put these idols of the heart aside. For us, it could be materialism. Not necessarily having lots of things, but maybe just craving lots of things. Being discontented with those blessings and things that God has given to us. An idol of the heart could be lust. So many men today are addicted to lustful thoughts. And Jesus himself said, if a man looks at a woman with lust in his heart, he's already committed adultery. An idol of the heart. What about your cell phone? 
<laughs> what about your cell phone? Could a cell phone actually become a god, an idol? Would you rather spend time on your phone than to spend time with God? Does your cell phone rob you of time with God? Now, we don't have to stop with a cell phone. We can speak about books or internet or TV or cars. Or you, There's a whole list of idols or gods in this world that somehow creep into our lives and take the place of God. Entertainment. Nothing wrong with sports and gadgets and all these things, but oftentimes they find their way into our lives and take the place of God. And Joshua says to the people, you're in this relationship now. Take a look at your heart. Are there things in there that need to be thrown away? Get rid of those things that stand in the way. Someone has once said, every heart has a throne. Every heart has a throne. And on that throne sits something. And if it's not God, it needs to be thrown away. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Don't let anything come between you and God. Guard, guard your relationship. Guard that relationship that you have. And then he says, in this final point in verses 16 through 18. And then the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our parents up out of Egypt from the land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. Make the right choice. Make the right choice choice Israel says to Joshua we too will serve the Lord they acknowledge the grace of God they acknowledge that it was God who brought us out of Egypt they acknowledge that he's the one to protect us on this entire journey they acknowledge in verse 18 it was the Lord who who drove out before us these other nations they acknowledged that it was all about God, that God did all of this for us. God did all of this for us. And they're committing themselves to God. We too, Joshua, we will follow your lead. We too will serve the Lord. He is our God. You know, commitments today are becoming quickly outdated. No one wants to commit themselves to anything today. Churches are filled with casual 
Christians. It would have been easy. It would have been easy for these Israelites to follow these other gods. Because these other gods were not demanding. Don't you find it interesting that Joshua speaks of choosing one or the other? That there's no fence sitting? There's no lukewarmness? John said that, you know, we're either to be hot or we're to be cold. Not riding the fence. Caleb was hot. He was a wholehearted follower of God. Joshua was hot. He had great faith and courage and boldness. Choose one. Or the other. Choose God. But if he's undesirable, then choose the gods of your ancestors or choose the gods of the Amorites. But make a choice. Make somewhat of a choice. Make a decision. As I said, it would have been easy for the Israelites to have worshipped these other gods. It would be easy to carry around a wooden idol. It would be easy to throw a little bit of, little bit of grain on, on the foot of an altar or to bow down before the sun god. They don't demand anything. God demands all or nothing. If you choose God, then God says, I want all of you. And later in this text, this speaks about God being a, a jealous God. There is a good jealousy, you know. You're jealous of your wife because you want all of her. God wants all of us. He is a jealous God. He doesn't want us running after anyone else or anything else. God is jealous in the sense that he demands of us to be wholehearted followers of him. No wavering, no wishy-washy, no indecisiveness. Pick one or pick the other. And if you choose God, then he demands everything. He demands everything. You're all. I think we've all heard the story of the chicken and the pig, right? Uh, I think I've mentioned this before. The chicken and the pig, they're walking down the road, and they come to the church, and there's this billboard out front, and the billboard says, uh, how can you help the poor? How can you help the poor? And um, the chicken's scratching his head, and the pig's thinking through all of that, and the chicken then comes up with a solution. What we can do is we can have a ham and egg breakfast. And the pig begins to think through that and says, oh, wait a minute. Oh, no. For you, that's a contribution. For me, that's total commitment. Isn't that what God requires? 
choose one. That's Joshua's challenge to the people. Choose one. And if you choose God, remember what he requires of us. Remember what he demands of us. God is a demanding God. He is a jealous God. As we looked at Caleb last week, Caleb walked with God wholeheartedly through his entire life. But that's what God's looking for. God is looking for us not to be casual Christians, not Sunday morning Christians. God is looking for Christians who will follow him wholeheartedly. Joshua said, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Israel follows and says, we too will serve the Lord because he is our God. So I ask you, what will you do? Who will you choose? As for me and my household, Joshua said, we will serve the Lord. Father, we come now before you to the end of this series. Father, we've looked at many who were faithful followers of yours. Many. Many, Lord, who walked with you year after year. Men like Joshua and Caleb who were courageous through life, who were brave in life, who had a strong faith. Men like Joshua who prayed these big prayers of sons standing still, waters parting. But Lord, they were committed to you. They were completely sold out for you. Father, I pray for us as Word of Life Chapel that you might give us that heart's desire to become like these great men we've studied. Father, today is decision day. Today is a day to make a choice. Choose this day, not tomorrow, not sometime next month, but choose today who you will serve. Father, we thank you for your grace. We do owe you everything, everything. So help us to get off the fence. Help us to get off the fence and make a choice today. Father, you so deserve our commitment to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Take your hymn books if you would, please. Turn to hymn number 373. Hymn number 373, all to Jesus I surrender, all to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. I surrender.
all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. Let's stand, we'll sing this, and we'll be dismissed. Jesus, I surrender to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his daily presence live. I surrender thank you for your commitment to us in so many ways. We thank you, Lord, for giving to us your grace and bringing us to where we are. Father, we owe you everything. I pray that that thought might go with us now today and tomorrow and this week. Father, continue to remind us of all the things we owe you. In Jesus' name.